Okay, we're going to get going here. Um, if you didn't grab notes yet, Vince is holding them, I think. That's what you're holding, hey, Vince? Yeah. Vince is holding them, and it looks like he's going to start passing them out. Thank you, Vince. Um, I am going to pray, and then we are going to get right into it. Father, thank you for uh, so many resources in your church, God, that if a church would seek to grow in holiness and encouragement of one another, that you've given us every ability to do that, Lord. You've given us good books. You've given us wise people. And most importantly, Father, you've given us the Holy Spirit and the redemption that is in Christ that we all share that makes us family and enables us to act that out. And so let us just employ um, these Sunday schools, these good books, these wise people, let us employ them in the power of your spirit to that end, that we would be and act like a family. And so, Father, we ask these things to make Jesus look glorious. In his name we pray. Amen. So, the chapter of today's, um, or the title of today's chapter is Remember and Reflect. I don't think I see anybody new, but if anybody's here for the first time, we've been going through a book uh, called Caring for One Another by Ed Welch. Um, Very practical steps on how to approach and be approachable, in a nutshell, in the church. Uh, How to care for one another's needs properly through sin, suffering, difficult situations, uh, mundane situations, things like that. And I actually went and checked the library today. Somebody has it checked out. So so that's good, but I don't have a, a physical copy to show you. And so again, today's lesson is remember and reflect. So I'm not going to say much. I'm going to say a little bit uh, in the way of recap and sum up. And then I'm going to leave most of the morning, actually, for us to do exactly that. Remember and reflect. Uh, Your notes, you'll notice they don't have two sides. They just have the discussion questions on them this time, and that's on purpose. So uh, just to recap the lessons we've gone through so far. So our first week, we did a lesson called With All Humility. And that was about um, the practice of being needy in the church and not being needy in an um, inconsiderate way or in an unhealthy way, but being needy in a gospel way where you realize you need your brothers and sisters in Christ. You need the gospel spoken to you. You need help with your sins. So this, it's very important that Ed Welch started the book with that because most times approachability um, and this snowball movement that we want to get going in our church It'll start with us, with just anybody, so us here, um, being needy, right? Uh, Making the example that it's okay to ask for help, that it's okay to approach others when you're in need, and that you're not admitting that you're a second-rate Christian or a lowercase c Christian um, if you need help in a season of life that you're in. So we want to set that precedent among uh, the apparently mature Christians in our congregation, uh, among everybody. Um, The second lesson we went through was approaching with grace. And there we actually crushed together two chapters from Ed Welch's book. It was uh, knowing the heart and moving towards others. Yeah, that's right. Knowing the heart and moving towards others. And so we talked about just very practically going towards people you would not otherwise go towards physically on your feet after a service, before a service, to talk to them. (laughs) And then as you're talking to them, to sort of move towards the heart And that might be over a few Sundays. It might be over a year. Someone might open right up the first Sunday uh, and you weren't ready for it. And now you've got a lot of awkward things to work through. All of those are perfectly okay situations because eventually we want to get to the heart. So we talked about how to do that. We talked about um, knowing the critical influence next, just understanding the uh, exterior things that might impact somebody in the season that they're in. 
um, and, and the things they may be struggling with, the sins they may be committing, and how to understand that and, and act accordingly. And then we talked about talking about suffering, how to be um, a helpful fellow sufferer, how to be kind and compassionate and considerate to people who are also suffering, how to share enough but not too much to where you don't make it about their needs right now, you're making it about yourself, how to have that balance. So we talked about how to help people through suffering. And then lastly, last week, we talked about talking about sin, Um, our own, the sins of other people, and how to work through that well. And again, there's probably not much new here that you guys have heard in this um, Sunday School module. A lot of this is very basic implications of the gospel that if you sat down alone in a room and just really thought about practical church family implications for the gospel, you wouldn't need Ed Welch's help to come up with most of these things. A lot of these things are, are fairly obvious uh, practical flowings from the gospel, The difficult part is applying them, right? The difficult part is reminding ourselves of them and walking them out. So there's nothing new here. We're just living out the gospel, uh, but this comes in baby steps. Uh, So let me read to you Ephesians 4, 11 to 14. The Lord, speaking about Jesus Christ, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints, us, for the work of ministry, So what does that look like? What are they equipping us for? For the building up or for building up the body of Christ until we all, no one's left out, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. So, things that we've already covered that come out of this text is that it's your and your job and my job to do the ministry, right? You are your brother's keeper. We are responsible for one another, right? How any of you are doing in this room is my problem, and how I'm doing is one of your problems, right? Hopefully we make it each other's problems. And so, we'll need power to do this, right? It's very awkward. It's very difficult. It takes more wisdom than most of us have, But we've received the power to do this by the Holy Spirit, right? Um, The Word of God promises us the ability and the power to do this. Jesus wouldn't ask his church to do something that he didn't equip them to do. And so this power is on display when when through mutual care we we mature together, right? And that we care to see one another mature. That's the ultimate goal. We don't want to make ourselves somebody's Messiah, and we don't want to cling to somebody like they're our Messiah. We just want to be helpful in bringing people along to Jesus with us, and we want to be uh, open to being helped in going to Jesus with other people. And so there's um, a couple, in this chapter, Ed Welch gives a couple lies that everything in the book so far kind of combats and what about what we talked about has combated them. So here's the two. The first one, you aren't good enough. No wonder you're having so many troubles or hardships in your life. You'd better believe more. You should probably work harder. So the way to counter this is to remember that God makes the first move towards us, us sinners, right? Anybody who God made the first move towards, they were a sinner. They're still a sinner, right? And God makes the first move towards us, not because we're lovable, but because he is love. And we can remind this truth to people um, audibly, but we can also remind them of it practically uh, when we approach them, when we move towards them, when we make the first move in love, even when it seems like probably that person did get themselves into that mess. But, you know, even remember from last week's sermon, 
love or laud, I think. I'm not sure if that was the application point in the small groups guide, but, but there was a point in there about God's grace to people who don't deserve it and our graciousness to people who have gotten themselves into those situations. So that's, that's to combat the first lie. The second lie, you are good enough. Just believe in yourself or grit your teeth through it and you will get through this sin or you'll get through this hardship on your own. And you counter that by remembering that Jesus gave us the body to work his love out within, right? And his grace. If you're in um, a sin or if you're in a hardship, you need the grace of Christ. And the word of God says that that is to be worked out with all the saints. So no man is an island. um, And that includes you. So we practically remind ourselves of this by approaching others when we're suffering, when we're uh, in a season of sin and things like that. And so those are just a couple examples, but what's important is that both of those myths are um, debunked by practicing the need for one another and caring for one another. It's so important that we remember we need one another and others need us, so we need to remember that goes both ways. Uh, Another point here, none of this depends on our being brilliant or capable. Um, That's why so much of this is so intimidating and has a shaking in our boots sometimes when somebody opens up to us about a really difficult situation. We don't feel equipped to deal with it. And most times we are probably not. But again, we have the Holy Spirit living within us, right? So we can be some sort of helpful. We did talk about there are situations where you will pawn it off to somebody wiser than yourself. We don't want to tackle everything head on. Uh, for the sake of caring for people, because that might not actually be caring. If you realize you're unable to deal with a situation, that's okay, but just make sure somebody's caring for that person, and in doing that, you'll be caring for them. And as you do this, as you approach people, as you uh, be needy and help the, need, the needy themselves, you're going to feel like you're in over your head. It's going to be horribly awkward. You're going to hear of complex situations. You're going to get into complex situations that you don't want to share about, but you need to. Uh, You're going to hear about things that you wish you never heard because now it feels like they're your problem and you hope that you hear these things that you will wish you never heard because praise God that somebody heard that difficult situation, right? We can have like a self-preserving attitude of don't ask, don't tell. I don't really want to know because then it'll be my problem. Well, it's already your problem, right? The Lord already said that your brother's problem is your problem. Now we need to obey him by making it our problem. So remember, if you hear of something a very, very difficult situation. Again, don't wish you never heard it and stuff like that. Praise God that somebody heard it because if we didn't invite that person to be open, if we didn't uh, make ourselves approachable or set a culture where people could open up about those things, who knows if that situation ever would have came to light. Now that person would be suffering on their own, um, persisting in sin without getting help. So praise God when those uncomfortable things happen. Uh, It's not about our comfort zone. This is about bringing others to Jesus through a body of love and dependence and humility. And love bears all things, including awkward situations. So again, some tie-up practical pointers as we hear these things and we're moved by what we hear. We pray together, move towards others, start taking steps. This is a gradual snowball effect. Again, uh, be compassionate and seek help yourself. So we are going to get right into discussion time. I left quite a bit of time for discussion today because if my gauge is right on how long my group could keep talking for, we, we could have used a lot more time. So can I steal somebody's um, sheet? I should read the questions out loud for the people online, but I don't have them on my... Thanks, Adam. So the questions for today before we break off into groups. One, 
What stands out in your own summary of these last five lessons? Two, what, if anything, has been different in your conversation as a result of doing this study? What do you hope will be different going forward? Three, what's next? Uh, what would help you grow in becoming a more wise and helpful, becoming more wise and helpful in your conversations? What would grow you in becoming more willing to be helped by others? And how do these steps consider those often left on the fringe of our church community? And four, if you have time, take some time to pray with each other. Uh, one last note, given that we have a half an hour for group time this time, um, let's try and be very diligent to at quarter after, or maybe just before quarter after, be done so that we can get these doors open. I've noticed people have been fairly hesitant to come in if we're still praying together, which had the opposite effect I hope it would have. I was like, you know what? Let's just not even formally end the Sunday school. People will walk in and people will be praying for each other in the sanctuary and it'll start the movement and it didn't happen that way. So right at 12.15, let's just be mindful. Uh, We have a half an hour, so I'm glad that the conversations have gone past. That's a good thing, but today we have enough time to be done at at 10.15, I think. So thanks, guys.